And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, back at you again. And you're listening to the Raiders Washington football team, but it still sounds really awkward to say, the post-game wrap. Raiders lose a tough one to the Washington football team in a low-scoring slugfest, 17-15. And in this episode... Raspy Raider and I are going to break down a few things in relation to this game. We're going to talk about, yep, another power outage by the Raiders offense at the absolute worst time. Another solid but ultimately unopportunistic effort by the Raiders defense. And some post-game comments by Rich Bisaccia that caused quite the stir after the game. But before we get to any of that, guys... As always, join the conversation. You can find us on social media on Twitter at silver underscore hack. Send us your questions uh, for Ask Raspy coming up uh, later on this week. And you can also find us on Facebook as well. We've been getting an increased surge of followers and questions from that platform as well, guys. And we had some really good stuff especially last week, last couple of weeks from Facebook. So keep that coming, guys. And for all you podcast lovers out there, I'm one of you as well. And you can find any episode. You can find this episode. You can find any previous episode that we've done from this season, from last season, on all the major podcast platforms, whichever one is your favorite. It's a very good possibility that you'll find us there. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Apple, uh, iTunes, Apple pods, you know, I prefer, uh, Spotify, but we're we're everywhere guys. So make sure to to look us up, like, share, and subscribe, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell, uh, you know, that distant cousin that you haven't talked to in a minute, but you know, is a big Raider fan, whoever it is, whoever loves Raider content, uh, send them our way, have them subscribe, have them share. And, uh, join the, the conversation with the best Raiders podcast going as we speak. And it wouldn't be the Silver and Black Hack podcast without the best co-host in Raider Nation. Of course, that's a very cranky, raspy Raider coming off of this disappointing showing by the Silver and Black. Another letdown, as I said in the, at the beginning, another power outage and. And by the way, before we get to Raspy Raider, we will be doing our captains of the week. And uh, most importantly this week, I think it's going to be walk the plank. Uh, the candidates just continue to multiply for that for that dubious award. But uh, bring it on Raspy Raider now. Raspy, it looks like another season is, is teetering on the blink on the brink right now. Well, Cranky is right, man. 
There is no doubt about that. You hit the nail on the head on that one, Art. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. Nation first and foremost, man. What is up? Nothing but love, man. We're back again trying to make it happen. Uh, Frustrated, though, man. I just... Again, you know, it's like you said it yourself. It's hard to say. It's like we we can't beat the Washington no names, man. What what are we doing, man? How how do we from week to week have no clue what our identity is? Still, after this long, man, I just do not understand. I can't wrap my head around it. When I do, all it does is give me a headache and piss me off. To be quite frank. I don't know, man. I mean, you set yourself up to be in a position to to stay formidable, man. And and you go and lay an egg and score 15 points and lose. Well, imagine that. You score 15 points in today's NFL and you lose. Well, that's, that's probably going to happen about 99% of the time. This isn't the 80s, man. You can't win games 15 to 12. It doesn't happen. So... It's absolutely I'm cranky, man, and frustrated as all get out. I just, I'm just so tired of the up and down sporadic play that just seems to plague us, man. You talk, you talk about 15 points scored. I'm not even sure if that, if you could even earn steady money in the 80s with 15 points scored, I, unless yeah, you had the 85 right, Bears too. defense at your back, you know. You're right. Unless you had. The fridge and and Mike Singletary and all those boys at your back. I mean, fifteen point. You probably have to go back to the the forties or something. It, it just it's just so it's just so pathetic. And I'm just looking at it from the from the point of view as it's like it's just more of a it was me me being facetious in a way is that you just can't win like that now, man. This is 2021, man. The teams that are winning games are scoring 30 points a game. So if you cannot do that and you can't even cut the mustard on half of that, I mean, where are we at right now on points per game? We're at like 22 points or something. It's bad. 22 points per game. 22.3, I believe. Yeah, it is bad, man. I mean, regress. I didn't even even need to look at stats to know that. I know what we do because I know this team like the back of my hand. And – it is, man. It's just frustrating. I, is there anything else in your life, man, that you would support this wholeheartedly that just continued to let you down year after year, man? If you're that or you, you know, or your job treated you like that, would you not maybe think about possibly some trial separations from each one of those? If this was the return you're getting with all the commitment you've put in? It's, it's a toxic relationship. It, it's a toxic it relationship that we're all in here right now. And, you know, to see the people, I see a lot of people that are blaming, trying to blame the defense. And, and look, guys, I'm oh. a Derek Carr guy. I, I really am. But, and yes, we're going to get to the defense here in a minute. That's at the, at the, you know, the, the intro there, I said that it was another good, but good performance by the Raiders defense, but they lacked the, you know, they weren't opportunistic. There was, there was plays there and we all know what we're talking about, but there were plays there that were there to be made that weren't made. We've seen this a number of times with this defense, but you have to start like, like Raspy said, guys, I mean, what decade do you really have to go back to, to play 
Is it the 80s? Is it the 70s? Is it it the 60s to where you can actually score 15 points and and feel anywhere near comfortable that you're going to have a chance to win that game? And with all these space age college spread air rated attacks, Star Wars attacks, like what was it, Jim Irsay, the, um, this, the Star Wars numbers and all this stuff when he's talking about Peyton Manning, this stuff, uh, 15 points will never cut it. And, and you, you talk about the, the up and down inconsistency. It goes beyond this year. I would argue with this ever since Gruden came back, that's been a hallmark of this group, even without Gruden anymore. It's still, Beat the teams you shouldn't beat, lose to the teams that you should be. And you look at, as much as I hate to say this, Nation, I, I'm a car guy, but car was underwhelming at best in this one when we needed the, the big performance. And when you look at this season when we're undefeated, when he goes over 300 and we're winless when he's under 300, he has to know what version of himself he has to be at this point in December. 28 of 38, 249. A very pedestrian 6.6 yards per attempt, a below average 33.2 QBR, and in today's NFL, also a below average 90.8 quarterback rating. Raspy Nation, you know, from a car guy to just being honest with everybody out there, it looked like Carr and this offense lacked confidence. It looked like they lacked aggression. I don't know if it's Carr. I don't know if it's Olsen. I don't know if it's a, if it's a combination of the two, Raspy. Well, and man, and you know what? If we if we would have were, were going, I'm sorry, I can't even get a dang word in my mouth. If we were going up against a secondary who was legit in this game, in this league, then I could understand a a poor performance, man. This was set up for you to dissect and destroy. This is one of the worst secondaries in the entire league, and their best player they had was Landon Collins, and he wasn't even playing. So what I mean, what are we talking about, man? We're not going out. We're not asking you to go out there and beat the the no fly zone of Denver back when they were winning bowls. This is this was a the open parking lot, man. You should have destroyed these guys. It was a joke. We knew we couldn't run their top three and running, and we still tried to pound that rock instead of taking it over top and, and committed to that too much. So, you know what? We can sit here and say that the defense wasn't opportunistic. Well, neither was the offense, man, in any way, shape, or form. So you can't have one without the other. I'm sorry, man. You cannot sit here and dog a defense that gave up 17 points and you lost the game. I I tell you right now, man, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine earlier today, and I said, man, if you'd have told – either one of us, week two, three, after our 2-0 two, two and o or 3-0 and o start, that a team was going to score 17 and beat us, we would have laughed at you. We would have laughed at you. Happened multiple times this year. It's happened multiple times. That's what I'm saying, man. It's Opportunistic stuff has to happen on the offense too, man, and it's not. And there's numerous times, and we'll get into that here in a minute because I got something for you too. And I actually got something for Hart that I want to send him, and maybe he can post for me too. I got a steel frame. Oh boy, some things that'll drive you freaking nuts, man. Oh boy. So, yeah, it's just just a simple shot of the game on TV, man. At a certain situation, where uh, he's just not seeing it, man. Car's not seeing it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know how he sees it one week and the next week he can't 
see anything. I have no idea, but I'm I'm done, man. I am done. What? What? How much different would a rebuild look at this point if you just demolished everything? And I still, I still think going back to what Hart said earlier, the imprint of Mr. Gruden on this team is still very, very relevant, folks. There is a a lot of uh, conservative play calling on every facet that I'm just tired of, and I'm done. I'm done with it. Here we go, man. Another, so we're looking to 2022 to make this happen now. Well, we've lost what four out of the last. We we lost six out of the last nine, haven't we? After the three and zero start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the math real quick. Yeah, how bad is that? You're three. I mean, that's you're three and six in your last nine games, man. That's a collapse. That's a collapse. Another one. Three in a row. Three for three. And this one's post-Gruden, like you said. Let's just get into it a little bit, guys. You know, again, I'm a car guy. I've defended him in the past. I'll continue to defend him when I when I see fit. I still believe he's a good quarterback. But Raspy, Raspy's pointing out some very uncomfortable truths here, guys. Raider Cody, uh, some of us that have backed him a long time. There's, a, you know, obviously he's sort of the the head of the the. the uh, Derek Carr fan club, so to speak, but I, I've, I've been a member of it too. I'm not ripping anybody. And there's a lot more of us than just that, but Raspy's speaking some, he's preaching an uncomfortable sermon today, guys, because Carr did not see the field cleanly. I, I'm somebody that usually argues against it. I'm somebody that usually says, you know, did you see the all 22, you know, and if you haven't seen the all 22, did you see when Russell Wilson missed this guy? Or, you know what though, when, when you've had two or three instances in the same game, where the the people the 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 team calling the game the announcing team calling the game is pointing out screenshots where Deshaun Jackson is running as wide open as you could ever want to be in the NFL. I mean, and there's even some, you know, I know what Raspy's talking about. I'm playing dumb a little bit. He sent me a, a, a screenshot that really I it kind of to be honest, guys, it pissed me off when he sent it to me because I'm tired of the car hate and everything else. But when I took a second look at it and I let the emotions kind of bleed bleed out of it a little bit, I had to be honest with myself. I saw not one but two guys. I saw Deshaun Jackson. Everybody saw that on the telecast. He would have scored, in my opinion. Everybody well, you know pretty what? much agreed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and also in. Zay Jones was open as well. Jump. Yeah, you're right. Zay Jones was open too. And you're right. And I'm gonna jump behind in him. a little bit. I'm going to jump in there a little bit because it was a second down and one car jumps out of the pocket, gets so deep, so quick that the pressure is all over him instead of staying shallow. And what reason do you have to jump deep in the pocket at second and one? If you're throwing the ball, no need whatsoever. Stay tight. So he jumps out of the pocket. He runs around and I'll give him some credit. He ran around and ended up throwing the ball three, two to three yards behind the line to gain. And Jacobs made a nice little sh- little juke, little shimmy, and got the first down. Meanwhile, Deshaun Jackson is running wide open with nobody on the back end, probably would have touched and scored. And Zay Jones is running a, a post route, and it literally was one step away from just being behind everything to where he's by himself too. And then Carr backs it up with the excuse of that play to say pretty much something along the lines of, I like to see what you do when you have all these guys in your face and blah, blah, blah. Run. Miss me with that, bro. 
He said he pocket. couldn't see the. He said he couldn't identify the nickel linebacker, yeah. and he doesn't want to yeah. throw a ball blind. Yes, man, the nickel linebacker was shallow. There was as hell nobody there. there. I'll tell you that right now. The nickel linebacker was shallow as hell, getting beat on the deep post, and and Deshaun Jackson was running wide on a like a just kind of a soft dig slash slant, and nobody was there, dude. I mean, I'm sorry, hey. man. You, you you call this guy elite. You want to you know, and and hearts. Over here, man, and I hate I hate it for Hart too because he tries so hard too to always have cars back, man. And I know you guys probably get tired of saying he's a, he's him saying he's a car guy, but he is, man. And he's trying to give this guy excuses, but there's times where there's just no excuse, man. I mean, what are we doing, man? This the, our season's on the line. We weren't we weren't uh, let's just say we weren't seven and two when we played the game last Sunday, you know, a day ago or whatever it was. You know what I mean? We're struggling to stay in, man. Like, we cannot continue to collapse. How are we ever going to be relevant? We're not. And, you know, with with Derek Carr, <laughs> he said that, you know, he couldn't account for the nickel linebacker. And this is my guy. It hurts to say this. But unless unless Washington went out against my understanding or my awareness and signed Harry Potter to be the, the nickel linebacker, and he put on a, an invisible spell or something. There was nobody within 20 feet of in any direction it didn't look like almost. There's a radius around Deshaun Jackson. I don't know how fast he would think that, that the nickel linebacker would have to be to suddenly appear and make a play on, on any ball that would have been thrown to Deshaun Jackson. I think he didn't see the play, and he's trying to cover for himself, but I'm not going to – I hate to speak for Derek he Carr. He looks scared from the snap of the ball on that play. And he's done it too many other times, man, where either he's crumbling, taking a sack that's ill-advised because he didn't even try to get rid of the ball, or he's throwing the ball out of bounds so fast that it wouldn't matter anyways. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm done making excuses for this guy. I myself have tried to be a car guy. And I myself was a car guy. But you know what? That was five years ago, man. And I've seen one, you know, I was actually, no, that was, let me retract that. That was from day one. I was anointing this kid his second year saying, man, this, he's going to solve all this. No longer do we have to deal with a quarterback who's sketchy, who we can't trust, who's up and down, blah, blah, blah. We made excuses from 2000. 14, 15, 16, 17, hey, things were changing. He never had the same guy, blah, blah, blah. It's been four years in the system, man, and the same thing happens. We've had midseason collapses three years in a row after starting out, you know, six and three at the worst, six and two, five and two. Like, come on, man. I'm just done. I'm done. We have to move on. So unless we have Carr has another, he has another year, okay, we want to keep him for another year, man, and and but you better be pushing to to replace him because I'm sorry, man. If this is the way it's gonna go, how do you expect man to continue to hold on with the same nonsensical stuff happening year after year after year? And you can call it coaching, you can call it whatever you want, man. Bottom line, maybe we maybe we just don't have the quarterback we need. I know they're hard to find, but I mean, damn, man, what are we doing? You know, it. I don't think he's scared. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for my guy. I don't think he's scared. But what I do think happens to him, 
and I've said this before, I think when he's missing guys like Jackson, like Jones or whoever it may be, he, we, we, you know, he misses Waller at times in the past. What I think happens is that I think that his, his pre-snap read process fails him a lot. And he locks in the, the, he just says, okay, I'm going to Jacobs on this. And he, and he doesn't even give plays certain plays a chance to develop. And you're missing these guys out there. You know, another thing that really bothered me about Carr's performance and I, it really hurts to say it, 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 it just hurts me so much to say this, but looking back on Carr's tenure with the Raiders and, you know, this up and down stuff is starting to get to me a little bit. You know, I still believe in Derek Carr. I think, I still think it's more of a Raider problem than it is a Derek Carr problem, but I, I also have to be, you know, keep it 100 with you guys and, and, and call it like I see it. If I look back to Carr's tenure with the Raiders, it's now been, we can go ahead and say it's been eight years. It's we're just a few weeks away from the, you know, this being eight full year sample size. Raspy, I have to say, man, Carr, you know, any given week he can be an elite type of quarterback and, and give you an elite type of performance, and he does that every year, a number of weeks. But I have to say, man, when I look back and I look back at at, at three or four, the last three or four years, I just went through the schedule. And the thing that stood out to me is that he seems to play his worst football. It's not just about being late in the season, okay? For me, he's showing a, a disturbing trend for me where he's playing his worst football when the team has expectations, whether it's early in the year or whether it's late in the year. In, play, in playoff-type games where you can solidify your, your position or turning, or turning point games where the Raiders win this game, they're pretty much in the playoffs, and they're clearly they've turned a corner – it's always seems to be those games where he's not playing his best football and nor is the team around him. And Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro both sort of hinted at that after the game where Josh Jacobs said something to the effect of there's too many of these games where it's either a big game like that, a turning point game or a game where we're playing a lesser team where the offense comes out flat, they coast and they lack juice until it's we have our back against the wall. And Renfro was asked about that afterward, and he said, I have to agree with Jacobs. He's like, you know, it seems like when we're down, and it's at the end of the half or it's at the end of the game or we're only down one possession, suddenly we get it. But when we're starting off, there's just this lack of urgency. There's this lackadaisical approach. And I do have to say that it either – I'm not saying Carr's the problem with that, but I will have to say that if he's not the problem, he has not been the solution to that. Well, man, you know what? And you know what? I jump on quick when you say that. And this here I am trying to def- defend him because I think the expectations were super high early in the season. But early in the season has never been Carr's problem. We've said it before. He, he, he starts to – he starts – he's like the weather. He changes like the weather does, man. His things start out hot. So, so you know, I get it. There's going to be some car guys out there like, well, man, what do you mean? We expected so much of him to start the season to beat Baltimore on Monday night, you know, blah, 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 whoop-de-whoop. I get it. It's never been a problem starting early in the season. It's when you start putting expectations, like, like, like Hart just said, as being a front runner. When you have the position, being the team that's going to make the playoffs when you're in position. So I think you're spot on, dude. And I cannot, because you know what? Point right here. 
I had no expectations that we were going to beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I called it in the show. I figured, yep. I figured we were going to get throttled by a couple touchdowns. I think most of the majority of the, of America was thinking the same thing. No yep. way. Dak's not going to come off of a loss against the Chiefs and lose again to the Raiders. Not after how they started. No way. Not at home. Not on Thanksgiving in Jerry's house. No way. So literally, there was like no expectations for him to come out and dominate that game. What does he do? Comes out. Balls out. Very next week, Washington. But literally – one of the lousiest defenses in the league, let alone in the secondary. That's where they're the lousiest. Just a bad team. What does he do? And he has all these expectations to go and 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 I called it. I put expectations on him. I called us to win the game 27-20. You called us to I win did too. 17 or whatever it was. So you put expectations on him, and then all of a sudden he comes out and he's just flat and scared. And and maybe I'm saying scared too much, but it, maybe I'm thinking just hesitant. Dude, the week before you were throwing the ball down the field, what the hell happened in one week to the next against a secondary who we can all sit here and say was way lousier than Dallas is? All of a sudden, you don't try to push the ball. Deshaun Jackson, I heard after the fact that he was dealing with some calf issues. That's pretty funny because he only played 24% of the offensive snaps. And when I saw him in there, he was wide open at least two or three times that I saw myself. So he said I, he was I fine before right the now. game. What's that? He said he was fine before the game. He said that he it was cramps Maybe and that's it, just fluff talk after it's the fluff. They were saying, oh, he had a he was dealing with some calf stuff or whatever. That was what I heard. You know, who knows? That could all be bogus. I was just looking for any kind of reason to justify why the hell he was out there on less than a third of our offensive snaps. Well, even and if that was, was, we're not seeing him. You know, we're not seeing him getting balls thrown at him. I, why did we go get Deshaun Jackson exactly? To replenish the hole that Henry Ruggs left so selfishly? So, okay, so we did that, which I agreed with, and I was screaming for it, and so were you and probably all of Nation. So you go get him, and he plays less than a third of the offensive snaps in a game that you had to win. But what yeah. are you doing, man? I don't know, and it also shows a lack of depth. You know, the fact that we're so reliant on a 38-year-old, 39-year-old receiver that was, wasn't was even with us until a few weeks ago. You know, if he if, – if, I don't think – he said that he was ready to go, but it's, let's just say that he, his calf tightened up in the first couple reps and he couldn't go the full game. There's nothing behind him. It's Zay Jones and Brian Edwards. They're just not doing work out there. You know <sighs> – I don't know why they, they wait so late to turn on the aggression. But go through the schedule, though. You just said it yourself. Ravens, nobody had any expectations to win their balled out. We won. Steelers, so there's no way they go. Th- we have to beat the Ravens because there's no way they're going to, to Heinz Field and beating the Steelers in week two. Beats no, them in week two. Was, I think there was. I, so, no, I think there was expectations for the Ravens. I think it was like Carr had to come out in, in – so that was but nobody cool. thought we were going to win those. My thing. Well, no, but everybody right. picked right against there. us. Right there. Maybe it was you know, expectations it, from the. It's from not us, like from us it's the not, nation. You're right. You're right. right. It's, it's national expectations. That's yeah, where that's right. where he seems to have it because it's like even you're last right. year, nobody thought that we could go into Arrowhead and win. Everybody's laughing. This oh, Derek Carr's so bad at Arrowhead. He's this is a guaranteed loss. We hang forty on him. And when even the second game last year against the Chiefs, everybody thought the Chiefs were going to come to to Vegas and get right and get even with us. And he played well again. 
then what happened the week after that? Okay, the Raiders are real. They almost beat the Chiefs Falcons. twice. Falcons. Okay, the Raiders are going to go and roll the Falcons down there. They're real. Here we go. The Silver and Black are back. Here we go. Lose to the Falcons. Yep. This year, Ravens, Steelers, 2-0. and Nobody thought we are going to win those games. The very next game, Miami, they're going to blow the doors off Miami. Overtime. Yeah, and barely winning overtime. Barely limp by. And then you follow it up with a freaking loss to the Bears, who everybody expected Derek Carr to run through as well. Right. Giants, struggle. Washington football team, struggle. Cowboys, like you said, no way. Oh, they beat them? See, it, it, it's there's something with that, and it goes back years. Surely, surely the Raiders are not going to lose. Yes, the Raiders are going to dominate Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars in the last game at Oakland. Surely they're going to win by 21 points. Oh, they lost? Oh, it, oh it, they this lost. Is... And then they follow it up saying the next week, oh, well, surely as the last game as the Oakland Raiders, period, even though it's not at home. Against the bitter Drew, Broncos. They got Drew Locke. They got, you know, lousy Drew Locke in Denver. And what do you do there? You lose that game 16 to 15 when your D shows up too. It's it's even 2016, even 2016. Remember those pivotal, okay, it's Raiders Chiefs. This is for the West. Got, you know, this is it. We he played his worst games and the Raiders played our worst games in those. There's something there that has to be looked at very closely. You, You another area, Raspy, that really I don't think we can kind of duck and dodge this anymore with this offense or just with this team in general, you know, are the Raiders the worst situational team as far as situational football in the league? You know, the, the Reds we're now bottom third in third down conversions on offense, red zone efficiency on offense and red zone efficiency on defense and third oh. down defense as well. Are, I mean, is there any other way to look at it? The Raiders are the worst situational team no. In, in the league, right? When you carry the top two stats, both offensively and defensively in the red zone, in the negative. And third down a, conversions. You're not a good team, man. And you know what? Who was it? Was it Paul the other day? Asked about why we play down to inferior teams, why we lose the lesser teams and all that stuff. I think stuff. it was, yeah. You know what, Paul? You're right, man. And you know what the answer is now? It's because we're not a good team. Hart and I talked about this, too. We're not a good team. We're not a complete team. We cannot finish things off when it's, you know, right there for the taking. So, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and try to convince myself that we're a better team than we actually are because time and time again, they let us down and prove that we're not. And there's a way to stop that. And it's, it's called winning games. And we don't. So I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of sitting here acting like we're better than we are because I have so much love for this team and I just bleed this stuff like all of us do nation I know I'm not I'm preaching to the choir I get it but maybe we're just not that good man and that sucks to say but I'm, this is I'm supposed to be the win now year arguing it dude I mean we were in every we were in every sense of the word front running at five and two and in position to just dominate this league man dude the top seed you know who the top seed in the AFC right now is? It's the, the Patriots. freaking Patriots, at nine, man. At nine and four, man. We With Matt Jones. We cut Not out even the throwing. Giants game. Dude, think about this. Dude, win the Giants game. Just win the Giants game and the Washington game. And you're right there. 
Let alone the Bears. If you win all three of them, I'm not even speaking on the Bears because we didn't even touch double digits. But I mean, throw that in there, and you're, you should have won, though. Yeah, your heads, you're 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 leading the AFC, and you're in position to control your own destiny. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, man. Like you, you, you can't beat the teams that you're supposed to beat to put you in positions to where you, you know, to where you're front running we cannot front run we don't know how and that is a huge huge problem the next coach is going to have to figure that out man and the thing that's weird about the Raiders and just so frustrating with this team is that they handle the teams that the tough teams they do their work against the good teams and then they spoil all that all that work by losing to bad teams every year. Remember two years ago in 2019, oh, they just got past the tough part of their schedule, beating the Bears and everything. Yep. Six and four, now the easy part. That's when it falls apart. Last year, you same exact thing. Five. This year, same exact you thing. One in, you go one and five after that. One and five after the tough part of the schedule. Every year, we, whenever the schedule comes out, and the games that you say, okay, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a win. It's always the opposite. When you, the teams, the games, you're like, ugh, back-to-back at Green Bay and at Arizona, whew. Sure enough, WW. And then we're at then we're at the Jags and we're at Carolina after that, so we'll be two and two. Yeah, we'll be two and two, but we'll, be, we'll, we'll beat the teams that we shouldn't beat and then we'll lose to the other teams. It's just maddening. And when you're that bad in the – listen to this, man – Right now we're 30th in in on third down conversion percentage. We're dead last, 26.1 since Gruden was forced out, forced to to resign. And we're so we're we're right now we're converting 26% of our third downs and that's raspy. That's despite having the fifth fewest yards to go on third down. How do you how do you wrap your head around that? These kind of numbers, the the weirdest the Raiders are just a very strange football team. The twenty-six percent, despite having the the fifth fewest yards to go, it just shows that you can't, you can't, you can't finish in any sense of the word. Yes, you can't finish, man. I don't care if it's second and one or third and one or if it's third and four. You cannot finish, man. And that's that's so detrimental to winning, and you see it. Dude, we're 500 right now. Really? We're 500? Really? We're yeah, not until two. Sunday. We were 5-2, and two, man. What the hell happened? Tied for last. Tied with the Broncos for all the work. We lacked at their, their, their 3-0 start and everything else and who they were playing. We have the same record as the Donkeys now. Yeah. With Teddy freaking Bridgewater. Same thing. With all the good it's gotten us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard, yeah. man. I'm out here. In, I'm out here in Colorado having to listen to this because that's that's a tough that's a tough argument to beat right there. Okay, well, you're paying your quarterback 25 million plus a year. He's supposed to be your elite guy. He's supposed to be your franchise guy, and we have a journeyman to say the least. You know, at, at best, you got a journeyman, and he's got the same record as we do. We could hit and him right, right back. now. Right now. I mean, the only thing we're holding on is the fact that we beat them, but we got to play them again. And you know what? That'll be one of those games where Carr's expected to win. Well, it may be his last his last start here. We just don't know what the future holds. But 
to any Bronco fans that say that, we could just come right back at them and say, well, for all that big, expensive defense that you guys have with all this oh, yeah. depth and talent, yeah. we have the same record that we do. Oh, yeah. But it still is, the, the point still stands. The thing speaking is, though, is it's kind of hard to argue who's the worst. Like, oh, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. See, we're in win now, though. That That's what makes ours worse is that Mayock and at the time, at the beginning of the season, Gruden and Mark Davis all were in unison saying, this is a win now season. And Mayock even said, if we don't win this year, then I expect to be back at um, NFL Network talking with you guys again. The, the Broncos were not in win now with Bridgewater. Nope. This is a or stepping Fangio. stone year. Or Fangio. He was on some win now for his job, but their whole – ownership is in flux so they're not right. even like at least they have a reason to be distracted our ownership is steady this is supposed to be three years the, the the year three or whatever there are four that you rebuild like this is supposed to be hands down it's go time and we have the yeah. same record and defensively it's 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 very frustrating raspy because i've been i've been at the forefront of the just give them a, a defense movement Okay, this is why I'm angry today, guys. I'm angry at this because I was I feel kind of embarrassed right now to be to keep it 100 because I was at the forefront, the front lines, waving my pitchfork at the the very front lines of just get him a defense. Yes, it's the defense, stupid. I was one of those guys. Okay, I can't deny as much as it angers me. I can't deny the numbers from Josh Dubow where. Now Carr is 22 and 15 when his defense allows 20 points or less. And I'm not even sure that they're counting the Giants game in that because it says we gave up 23, but that was because there was a pick six involved in that as well. So they really didn't. So Carr's 22 and 15 when his defense allows 20 points or fewer. That's a 590 or 545 win percentage, right? That ranks 47th since he's been in the league in 2014. The rest of the league in that time is – their win percentage in those same circumstances is 791. Carr's win say. percentage is less than Jamarcus Russell. And speaking of Jamarcus Russell, real quick, Raspy, I, I'm on a roll right here. The Raiders have now been held to 16 points or fewer in four of the last seven home games. That's the, the last time that that's happened. The quarterback was Jamarcus Russell in 2009. And overall, we've been held to less than 16 in six of the last nine games. Raspy, talk me off a ledge here. Oh, well, you don't want to hear me right now because I'm going to tell you every car fan is going to say, don't you dare, don't you dare put us on the same level as Jamarcus Russell and what he did. I'm one of them. Don't you dare. I'm one of them saying that. How can you not? How can you not? It angers me. Hart just rattled off two humongous stats that haven't been worse since he was here. So what are we doing? I mean, I just think I'm sorry, guys. Uh, hey, man, I'm going to give you all a pass. We we thought he was going to be the guy to change this, but he's not, and we cannot sign him again. We almost re-signed him this year. We have to move on. What how much different does a rebuild look? So, okay, what did we finish? We finished seven and ten if we're lucky, eight and nine. What does that do for us, man? All it does is pushes us back in the draft, doesn't allow us to be up there where we need to be to try to move this forward with a new quarterback. I mean, 
you've got to do something, man. This cannot continue to transpire. We were, you know, everybody last year, we were so close, man. We had that extra, extra, you know, playoff spot last year. We probably would have gotten and an game. extra game. No, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have gotten no, it we wouldn't last have. year either. We no, would have we found wouldn't. a way to piss it down our leg again. So I'm sorry, man. Like, this just isn't it. And I just, I would rather actually rebuild because this is not a rebuild, man. You can't call it a rebuild if you actually didn't build anything. So, this is a failed project. Yeah, it's a failed project. Good call, man. You need to actually rebuild something, you know. So if this is a tech I, company, the product would have I am I am done with car. I am, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and continue to try to fluff him. The only way he can jump me or push me anywhere near thinking about riding with him is Go win out, you know, or go get us in. Just get us in. We talked about that, too. Get us in. But do any of you out there in Nation feel, do you really have any faith that Carr could get us in? Hard. Do you have faith that Carr could get us in after this at 6-6? Six and six? Do you think he can run the, run the table here and win more than he loses and finish us with a winning record and, and get us in? I, I Here's where I'm at with Derek Carr. Yes, I think he can. I don't think he can with the Raiders. And I think if he was with another, if he was with the Rams, if he was with Arizona, if it, with a, a talent-laden organization with a real coach and play caller, I think he could get a team like that to the playoffs. But well, the, with this organization, he, he, we need an elite quarterback here to get us out of this. We need a we need Rich Gannon. The last time that we were above water at this organization, year after year was with Rich Gannon. I thought Carr could do that here. I still believe in Derek Carr, but I'm starting to lose faith in Derek Carr with the Raiders. I don't I just don't think that that's a match right now. We'll we'll see. Well, if if, if, if they get us to the, the playoff, I maintain it. Too. That answers the question though too. Like in a sense, man, like maybe a change of scenery would be good for the guy. You know what? He's still putting up numbers, man. We I, I said this last season that I thought we should have tried to to deal him and to try to get something for him. It's not happening here, dude. It's just not. It's not. Because when you look at the team. Maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. And maybe we could get, you know, a couple draft picks for him. I don't know. I mean, time will tell if if with the next GM or if Mayak has retained what he's going to do. But, you know, Uh, if you look at the quarterback, if you look at the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, the, the, the tier two type quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. I mentioned Nick Foles, you know, Garoppolo was a throwaway. Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl. He's not even tier two. And he, and he was in the Super Bowl and had a chance to win. The, the difference is, is those teams and those organizations had loaded rosters around him. I just don't see that happening anymore with the Raiders. And to go back to your rebuild, if this is a tech company, if the Raiders were a tech company, Gruden's rebuild would have been a failed prototype that never was released to the public. That's what it would have been. It would have been the, the the fancy new smartphone with all these new gadgets that nobody's ever seen that they never could figure out this. What's up, Nation? Hey, listen, guys. We all know what's going on out there these days. You know, you have the pandemic. You've got the unstable economy, political unrest. 
it's easy to make an argument that living in today's society is much more stressful than it's been in a long, long time. And I think we're all looking for ways that we can kind of take the edge off. And one of the best ways is, is to kick back and relax with Naked CBD's Nano K-Cup CBD infused coffee. That's right, guys. Each pod gives you a single serving of 100% Honduran Arabica bean coffee infused with CBD, creating that perfect synergy between caffeine and cannabinoid, guys. With 10 times, it's worth repeating, 10 times the bioavailability of those other oil-based CBD coffee products out there, those lesser brands that we've all seen. And Naked CBD, they do it all responsibly sourced, so they're doing it the right way as well. I'm so impressed, guys. I actually had a cup this morning, and I got to tell you, it strikes that perfect balance between having me alert, awake, and also relaxed. It's It's got me sharp, but it's taken that edge off, and it's a very difficult balance, as many of you know, to strike. And, you know, don't take my word for it, guys. Go see what all the hype's about. Head on over to NakedCBD.com. Right now, they're having a 40% off sale. So make sure to head on over to, again, NakedCBD.com and tell them Raspy Raider sent you. Welcome back, Raider Nation. Back to the Silver and Black Hack podcast. You're listening to the Raiders Washington football team post-game wrap. Raiders lose another one, has another late season tailspin, has apparently started. They lose 17 to 15 in a game that they absolutely positively could not afford to lose. Have Raspy Raider back with me again as we're trying to sort of work through our our anger and our frustration again as, as we watch another promising season. Just go to the birds right, right before our eyes again and uh, – Raspy, the Raiders. I'm in my feelings right now. I'm all the way in my feelings. I'm frustrated to no end. Well, I mean, how could you be anything other than that? If you're a true, you know, Raider fan, and I don't know of any. Is there any? Is there any fair weather Raider fans after the last twenty years? So we're all real, and we're all disappointed here. You know, the Raiders' defense again. It wasn't perfect. But we, we, I didn't say give them a perfect defense last year, the last two years. I wasn't say give them the 85 Bears. I said give them above average defense. And I wasn't even picked. When I said give them an above average defense and we'll win, I wasn't even picturing this. The Raiders' defense, as, as we said, only allowed the 17 points. But the thing is, it wasn't just that they only gave up 17 points. You have to look at how they gave up the 17 points. It makes it even more frustrating. They give up seven points right out of the gate on the opening drive, allow Heineke to, to basically just go right down the field and punch it in to the uh, Logan Thomas in the back of the end zone. So it was 7 nothing right out of, right away, opening drive. The Raiders' defense then proceeds to shut out the Washington football team all the way from that point until the fourth quarter, holding Taylor Heineke to 23 of 30 for – just 196 yards, only 6.5 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, which was a major, major problem that we're going to get into here shortly. They picked him off late in the clutch. He had a 65.7 QBR and a 101.5 rating, which is pretty good. 
But overall, the Washington football team, we held them only 4.9 yards per play. You'll take that every time. We talked about the running game and the concerns there. Well, they held Gibson to 23 carries for 88 yards, but only 3.8 yards per carry. So they held up there as well. And we were worried about Terry McLaurin as, you know, everybody was. He's a he's an absolute stud. Well, just three catches for 22 yards. So when you take all that into account, Raspy, how in the hell did the Raiders lose this ball game given those numbers defensively? Piss poor offense? I, I don't know. I, in today's league, I don't know. Man, bottom line, you hold the team under 20 in today's NFL. And I, you, know, you guys might get tired of me saying that, but that's, there's a reason they call it today's NFL. It's just different, man. Teams score. If you cannot score 24-plus, period, you're going to lose every time. It's not just some of the time. Every time. I mean, look at our stats, man. Look at when we win. I'm just, like I said, I'm not going to harp on this defense, man. I get it. The first, yeah, okay. That first drive sucked, man. You let them take it to you. But when you completely take another 60-plus minutes out of that ball game where they gave up zero or 30-plus out of that ball game where they gave up zero – you have to make up for that somehow on offense, man. And we just flat out had opportunity after opportunity, didn't do it. I get it. Mary could have iced that game. Maybe Hobbs could have caught that tip ball earlier in the game. You have to make those plays. I get it. I totally get it, man. But you have to make those plays in a 28-31 ball game, too. You know what I mean? So you really have to make those plays, I guess, in these. But that's pretty sad when you're just saying that the defense has to do everything when you have a guy who supposedly is has all the capability to be a number one quarterback in this league, and his defense has to make every single opportunity count in their favor to win. I, I don't think that's fair, man. I don't, especially well, that's not what we were told. Especially as bad as our defense has been in the past. So when you get this type of performance and type of upgrades on the defense that are giving you opportunities to be in these games that you wouldn't have been in last year, because I'm sorry, man, last year, the year before, Washington would have probably hung thirty or damn near it. So. Oh, they would have easily, yeah. Everybody was. That's what I'm saying. So, like, what are we supposed to do, man? Like, to all those guys that say he needs a defense. Me? Well, you got him one, and he still can't score more than 15 points. Dude, I don't care, man, about any of this nonsense, the receivers, blah, 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 blah. Because the first few weeks of the year, we were scoring points. At will, and we we did it. We and you know what? Even take that out of it. Last week we scored thirty six or whatever it was. So the ability is there, the capability is there. It all comes down to the quarterback. I'm not putting this on the D, man. The D, yes, they have to be more opportunistic, man. But this D is young, man. These are rookies that are playing outside of their mind and giving you way more than we ever thought in a million years. 
Har, you and I both know we thought we were going to have way more holes on defense than we than we have actually had. We didn't know Nate was going to feel like that. We didn't know Trayvon was going to feel like that. These guys Not have really. these guys have been amazing, dude. The so, deep depth. The pass rush. I don't think anybody thought the pass, pass rush was going to be this much better right away. No, it's a exactly. premier pass rush all of a sudden. So what else do you need, man? I don't, I don't, I don't fault these guys, man. You you go try to catch a laser across the middle, extended like Merrick did here at the end, dude. They're not easy to catch. So yes, he needs to make that play and finish the game. But it didn't happen. But even then, we were still in position to, to win. And and you know what? If Carr would have scored a touchdown on, on his last drive and not gotten so dinking donkey there towards the end, like I said, the damn trilogy that we've been dealing with, then you know what? He scores the touchdown, and they have to go score one too. And you know what? They wouldn't have scored a touchdown. So if Carr goes and makes that uh, – you know, a five-point game instead of a one-point game or whatever it was, we won the game. Carr needed to go finish it. He, the defense gave him an opportunity to go finish the game and to go punch one in the end zone and to make it really hard for Heineke and those boys to come out and say, hey, now, instead of having to just go get a long field goal, you have to go score a touchdown. You put that on them, they lose the game. So, it shouldn't even it shouldn't even have come to a last second hold against the Washington football team. And and for those people that are saying, you know, the defense is more responsible because they had a late lead or the defense is equally responsible. Look, the defense should have made those plays. Like both can be true. The defense should have made those plays and the game would have been over had Merrick picked six that or even just picked it at all and kneeled down, the game is over. But here's the thing. This is why it's more on the offense than the defense, even still. This is why this season is more on the offense than it is the defense, despite what you want to say. It's very simple. This is still an offensively slanted roster. Go look at the salary cap. Go look at who's which which defender is making $100 million. I, I, I miss that guy. The, the roster, it's not as slanted as it's been, but the salary cap dollars are still heavily slanted to the Raiders' offense. The Raiders' offense is the, the unit that carries the most burden for victory. We, we weren't sold that this had to be an elite defense. We weren't sold that this is going to be a defense where we're going to be holding teams to 17 points or under, under 20 points multiple times, and you're going to lose the – almost all those games. Like, we haven't won a single game where, where it's been that type of game. Every time we've been held under 20, we've, we've lost. We haven't found a way. So we weren't sold. We were sold on just give them an average defense, not give them the 85 Bears. We weren't sold on that. There were, other, there were some more that, that actually impressed me in this game from the Raiders' defense. In fact, Raspy, I was very impressed by the, de by the debut of, of two guys that, we're kind of forced into action because of injury. You know, Malcolm Kuntz because of Nassib's injury and not being able to play. And, and a guy that you pounded the table for during the draft process, Divine Diablo. You know, Kuntz in his debut didn't have very many staffs, but boy, did he make good with what he was given. I think he only had seven, uh, seven snaps in total, which he should have maybe had more, but, you know, just dipping his toe in the water or whatnot. How about two pressures, a sack, and two stops for a defensive high 78.9 pro football focus grade for Mr. Kuntz? 
and Divine Diablo forced into action in the middle of the game when both Littleton and uh, um, what's his name, man? The can't think of his name right now. Inside, I'm tripping. No, no, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. No, 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 no. Our leading tackler, man. I'm, I'm brain for Perriman. Perriman. Sorry, I, don't, bad, I was having an absolute brain fart right there. Denzel Perriman. I don't know, man. I need to get more sleep. When Perriman yeah, no, and Littleton. It's because you're up all night breaking this stuff down. Drives it yeah, it's just, I don't know. Any other day, I would have, you know, obviously I know Denzel Perriman like the back of my hand, but um, when he and Corey Littleton both went out with with ankle injuries. Divine Diablo was forced into action. And, you know, for not even starting the game, he ends up with 11 total tackles. He was all over the field and uh, just had one misplay in coverage, which is understandable. How impressed were you with these youngsters out there getting their first action? Well, we talked about it last week. I was anxious to see some Malcolm Coons. I was real anxious to see that. I This is one of those guys, man, I think he can be – that situational pass rusher where you just let him just pin and get it. You know what I mean? So I, I did like to see that. And like you said, seven, seven plays, man. And he's recording some on the stat sheet out of four of those, five of those. More That's impact impressive. than Farrell all year. Just impressive, man. And Divine Diablo, man. I think this guy is phenomenal. I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to use him kind of where we tried to use Abram this this year in that, you know, in that strong, just being able to just come up there and bully, be the guy in the box, but be able to still kind of cover. He's got speed. Any other week I would have been saying, you know, I would have been trash mouthing Jonathan Abram, but even Abram had a good game. Even Abram had a good game. Probably the best game I've seen him play as a Raider. He was good. The guy was, the guy was, he was balling, man. He was doing Terrible his thing, call. man. He got he got penalized on just some utter BS after splitting the block and getting the tackle. Talking about blocking below the knees or whatever the hell it was. I don't know. Man, I swear if they could find a way to create something against, you know, the Raiders at any given time, at any given day, they would do it. They'd be like, oh. Yeah, that's a illegal defensive blocking below the knees on an extended pass blocker or whatever the hell it was. I mean, it was like it was a joke, dude. The guy blistered through an O lineman to make the tackle, made a great tackle, couldn't ask any more of them, and they called a personal foul. Same thing with Mad Max, man. Mad Max sacks, dude. Puts him on his back, puts a hand down to make sure he doesn't drop weight on him, and they call him anyways on a drive killer. I mean, it's just – I could sit here and, you know, be pissed about the refs. And you know what? I am pissed about the refs because I think it was a joke. And a few of those calls in the game changed the game, period. These refs think that they don't change the game with some of these, fo- with some of these phony, bogus calls. They do. You do. You changed the game. And you did for us. So. Kind of hard to be mad at the refs, though, because, you know, on Thanksgiving, it's like the, the refs give it, the refs take it away. You know, it just, they gave us 
so many calls against the boys and and on in Jerry World and they, well, they that's didn't... why that's why I don't harp on it too much because of yeah, my, it's, you know, good teams overcome same, that. At the same time, though, dude, those were two really, really bogus calls that any team on God's green earth would have been pissed off that got called against them when they oh, were no doubt, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, but that's why you score points. If yeah, when you don't exactly. score points, every single call becomes monumental. Every single well, call that causes a first down that could potentially be points could swing the game. This is why you yeah. score points. Yeah, when you don't, it. No, I agree. I totally agree, man. When you don't, this is what you leave yourself susceptible to. You're man. vulnerable so to any like call. This. Any play, one play, one missed assignment by the one missed interception, all of a sudden, Merrick should even have had to make that play, man. The fact that it's still, after all that came down to that, kind of kind of misses the point. But right. the Raiders, the, the Raiders, Malcolm Coons, though, on another note, Malcolm Coons, what a performance, man, in the short time and the few snaps that he had. And Mr. Blue Cleats out there, Mr. Divine Diablo, I would love to see number five out there running amok for the rest of the season. Because at this point, man, that guy gave you so much juice and less than a half a football with 11 tackles and all kinds of other plays made just flying around. I Put him out there, man. Put oh. him out there. Like you said, I pounded the table for this guy. I called this pick in the second round, and I'm proud of that because I think that he's that guy. And I think that he can play free safety. Or strong. I think he can play either one. We don't need him at free. We now. don't we need him at free. We don't need him at free, exactly. So we need him at strong. But I thought he could play both. So if, if we can play him as strong and then take away the fact, because he has that kind of speed, though, too. So if you can play him at that size, at the strong, and bring him down and let him be another linebacker on place for you, but to still be able to try to cover with these big tight ends that are fast in this league, Let's not forget we got Travis Kelsey, you know, in this freaking division. You know, Noah fan, Albert O, there's some guys out there that need to be covered up. I feel like this guy can do that and can can give you a lot of help there. So Well, he's man, played linebacker though in this game. That's and what I'm saying. He's done everything. He can do it all. He can do it all. That's I, I really, really like me some Divine Diablo, man. I wanted us to get him for that reason to try to help us in that regard. You know, kind of going back to uh, what was that cat's name? Oh, not oh, was it Obi? What was the dude's name we got back in the day? Who yeah. I thought it was gonna... Obi. Yeah, Obi. Melifawan. I can't. Obi Melifawan. Yeah. Yeah, I loved him, dude, and I thought he was gonna be that guy. But I think Divine Diablo is that kind of guy, but he's even bigger, and he still has the speed. So it's like, dude, let's create some defense that just cannot be messed with, man. Because that's what you're going to have to do. And you know what? That's what you're going to have to do when you get a new quarterback. Because you're going to need a defense that can really, really back up a young quarterback. Well, if we want any chance of winning in this division, I don't care who the quarterback is, if we can't slow down Mahomes and Herbert for the next 15 years, it ain't happening. I don't want, I'm not, I'm not interested in Wild West shootouts anymore. Nope. But they, they signed Will Compton, too. So I, I just kind of wanted him to roll with Diablo if, if, Little See, I don't in. want Will Compton in there. I'm sorry, dude. That's what nothing, I'm but saying. nothing but love for you, Will, bro. But you're old man, and you ain't the guy. I'm sorry, dude. I, we got young guys. We got young guys on this team that can do what you do 
plus 10. So I'm no. sorry, man. Will Compton's a good guy. He's a good team guy. Great special teamer. Can be that guy to give you some juice here and there on the special teams, but no, no, no. No, no, no. And I've heard Will Compton talk. So. And I've also heard Will Compton talk way too much trash about the Raiders. Why the hell are we even re-signing this guy when we got the young studs we do? Actually, you know what? That pisses me off. I don't want Will Compton. It's too I late. Him, he's, he's, run his, he's run his mouth. He's run his mouth, dude. That's another thing, man. A guy that runs his mouth about your team and has all these negative things to say after he leaves, bro, don't bring that guy back. I'm sorry, man. That pisses me off, dude. Well, they brought him back today. So. Well, you know what? Great. I hope that's I hope that's short lived, bro. And you see Divine Diablo send you packing on your way back out, man. Go somewhere else. Because I remember the first thing he did last year when we dumped him was started running his mouth. So we don't need that in house. So that, that bothers me. I did not see that. Sorry. Yeah. That, just, that struck a nerve with me, dude. You remember him running his mouth as soon as he left, right? Yeah, I mean he he's got the podcast. It didn't bother you know what it doesn't it didn't I'm bother me as much he, because we suck. It's just like Nelson Aguilar. It didn't bother I'm me when he said either because we suck. I'm not saying that he wasn't maybe saying some stuff that was real, but you cannot talk all that trash and then come back and be like, I'm just happy to have a job. Like I just I don't get I can't get with that. Sorry. I can't get with that. There was some other stuff with the Raiders' defense that they, as good as they were, it's it's the same kind of stuff that's plaguing them, that's keeping their good performances from being special. Again, they allowed fifty four percent on third down to a Taylor Heineke led offense. Some of that was aided by some bad calls on third down, but still, and Raiders. Historically bad red zone defense gives up, and we've talked about this in the preview show. The, the the battle of the bad red zone offenses, whichever one of the bad red zone offenses gets off, is going to win the game. That's exactly what happened. We allowed a hundred percent touchdown rate in the red zone. We talked about Merrick missing the the game winning pick, you know, and and obviously we we did blow the lead with the with the game on the line. But to me, the game on the it wasn't even the last drive. It was. The third down percentage allowed, but more importantly, it was the Raiders' defense again gives up a hundred percent, two for two touchdowns. When you only give, when when the other team, you know, when you're only scoring fifteen points and you, and you give up two for two the other way in the red zone, that's a problem. I don't know what to do about it. No, man, you you talked about it, and that was literally the first thing they brought up on the on the broadcast when the game went on was. Who wins this battle with, you know, both of them just being so bad, you know, whether it being the uh, the red or sorry, the, the no names offense and our defense. And they they straight up smacked it to us. Like you said, two and oh, man, 100 percent. You can't I, mean, I get it. You don't let them in twice, but you let them in twice and they scored both times. Touchdown. I mean, that's the difference in the game. You well, let one them of them out, twice, we win. You let him in twice, and you even just stop one of those touchdowns, man, we win the game. So, I mean, yeah, we could sit here and we can put it on the D. We could we could go hard on them. We could be real, real pessimistic towards the defense, man. But I just have such a hard time doing that 
when the I'm Packers not putting it on the defense at all. No, it's no, on the no, offense. No, no, but no, no. why do I, these I why do these same things keep plaguing us? Why can't we stop Taylor Heineke in the red zone? Is that too much to ask? It's kind of like the Derek Carr thing. Is it really too much to ask this defense to not allow Taylor Heineke to be perfect in the red zone with the season on the line? That's angering me. Why are we so bad? We talked about this, but no adjustments in the red zone yet again. I agree, man. I agree. I don't know. It's just hard for me, man. It's just so hard for me when we're when I've been begging for a defense to keep teams under twenty, and then we start doing it, and every time we seem to do it, we lose. It doesn't matter. It's, this defense is wasted this year. It's frustrating. Man. Playoffs, it's unless a miracle happens. So, so and that's what I, we begged, we begged for too from this defense is to be opportunistic and realizing that, hey, man. Your offense ain't going to do it for you. They've proven that. So when you have these opportunities to to try to shut things down and make it count. But then again, though, man, you know, Mad Max makes a hell of a play, dude, and just gets dumped on by just bad, bad calls. I mean, that that was the drive was over, Hart. You know it like I know on that one, dude. The drive was over. And more, what does that give them? A first down and they go score a touchdown off it. So they had no business ever being in the red zone. They didn't, but even more than that, he made the play in the fourth quarter with this, where he forced the interception with that effective pressure on that last second-to-last drive where Nate Hobbs yeah. ends up getting the interception. They don't score seven, they score they three. Score. So for those people yeah. that talk about Merrick didn't make the play, how many plays does a defense have to make to close the game? Usually it's just one. Well, and that was an effective pressure, man. That was him affecting it and making a bad throw get tossed. And then he literally hit his arm. And Hobbs are fighting over it, and Hobbs gets it. And this should have been it, bro. Go score a touchdown and put the game away, man. I, I don't agree, know if they capped. Have they cashed in any of the turnovers for, for six? No. There's been several times where they've Dude, set them no. up deep no. in the opponent territory. First and ten. One of them was in the red zone. They were set up first and ten, and all those became three that I can the remember. Week, the week before last, and Gok had that one inside the twenty-five or whatever we call it was in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's it's just it's just bad, man. It's just bad, bad, bad play on offense that is negating. I really, truly feel like our defense has done so much to try to help us, man, and we just negate it all by not being able to, uh, you know, to score off those big plays, big turnovers, you know, opportunistic plays that happen. When they do happen, we still don't – we don't come We leave through. a lot of chips on the table to, yeah. to use Vegas – terminology and the other thing too when you think about it last week against the Cowboys it was the same thing and Gakwe gets the sack on third down late in the game where all the Raiders had to do is get the ball back and score again and it doesn't go to overtime it doesn't go but what do they do they go three and out or I think they actually got one first down but ultimately no points they punt back to Prescott instead of going for it on fourth and reasonable at midfield we punt to Prescott and a couple throws later touchdown overtime so even like those games shouldn't even be coming down to overtime. And, you know, yeah, it, it's just – it's not fair to ask this defense to continue to routinely make these plays. And you know what else is wild, Raspy? If you would have told us before the season 
when we got Gus Bradley that Gus Bradley was going to instantly fix the pass rush to where we're going to have a top five pass rush in the NFL to go along with with what you know everything on offense. Isn't it wild that you give this the last year's Raiders a top five pass rush and it means nothing? It meant nothing. It meant nothing. That's where we are. No playoffs anyway. No, it meant we're still six and six. I think we're we're really, I want to say we were ahead of the, this pace last year. We were through we twelve were. games. So it, it, it meant even, nothing. How does, even, how does that even compute? It doesn't. It does not compute. Only the Raiders would have something like that, the Kelly Bundy effect or something. Give yeah. them a defense, now they can't score, you know? I don't know. Yep. You got anything else on this defense, man? No, man. I, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna sit here and I'm I'll die on that mountain, dude. These this defense has given us every opportunity to be two to four games over five hundred and here we are even. So. Uh, all those games under under uh, that we held opponents under twenty points. If you just win, like you said, if you just win two out of the ones that we lost, you Dude, don't have right, to run the, the gambit. Just AFC, you're at right? The top of the AFC. I mean, it's it's that's what bothers me so much, man. Is it's like, what what do you need, man? And that's the thing with cars. It's like it's always something. Like, man, no matter what we give you, it's always you need more, dude. If you need to just be great on defense, hold them under 20, you need to be having the best run game and, the, you know, best pass block in the game. That's what Garoppolo needed. Like, dude, if, you're, if your star quarterback needs that much to win and then you give him even half of what the four things he needed to win – maybe even three out of the four, and he still can't win, you got to start looking at your quarterback, man. Sorry. Yeah, it's – we'll see how it goes. I still believe in Derek Carr, but I'm starting to wonder about the marriage between Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see how it goes down the road. That's a question for the final week of the season or whenever, if, if or when the Raiders are officially eliminated from playoff contention, and that's – a topic of conversation that's only going to heat up. It's already a hot topic, but it's only going to heat up from there. Who do you have walking the plank this week, Raspy? I know that that's kind of a – you can just sort of spin the wheel and whoever it, whoever comes up on the offense could pretty well, much fit that bill. But who do you – you have to choose one. Who is it? Well, like you said, I could go numerous ways, but I'm going right at the heart of the problem. That's card. Uh-oh. It's time you walk the plank. Twenty-eight for thirty-eight, two hundred forty-nine yards, which is pedestrian. Six point six yards per attempt, which is a vast difference from his nine point seven or whatever it was last week. Actually, stretching the ball down the field with way more attempts. You know, he 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 squirts out on a couple plays and rushes for has two rushes for twenty-four yards and. It's like, oh, well, yeah, look what you can do. You can average 12 yards of clip when you use your feet, but he still doesn't do them. Still doesn't do it when he needs to. No touchdowns, man. I mean, what are we, what are we talking about, man? I mean, and then not being able to, and then just being blind to receivers who are wide open. I literally have a steel frame that I sent to Hart. He'll put it out there for you. 
you have a position new where you're second and one, dude, and you have Deshaun Jackson wide open and Zay Jones running a deep post, and he's wide open too, and you see none of it. When you're going to have the nerve to be like, well, didn't see it. It's like, well, you know what? You're paid $25 million a year, so you can't see it. So either see it or see your way out the door, man. And at this point, Derek Carr, you're walking the plank, bro. Yeah, that snapshot, um, that snapshot really, really hurts. That was rough. Looking at that just makes me mad. It just makes me sad. It, it hurts me to see that. And but I'm not going to pile on my boy here. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pile on Carr. But I'm going to stick on the offense, though. I'm going to stay right there on the offense. That's really the only place we're not going to plank Trayvon Merrick as a rookie for not making a Pro Bowl caliber play like that or, or whoever. The defense wasn't perfect, like we said, but they held it down. Gave us more than enough opportunity and. and slack to win this game so I'm sticking on the offense and he went car I'm going to go the other part of that equation that I think was a major problem and that's the offensive coordinator slash play caller Greg Olson needs to go ahead and walk the plank this week it's time you walk the plank you know the the dink and dunk centric strategy just makes no sense to me whatsoever because we've all seen the numbers we don't win games unless car throws the ball downfield we have the whole season as a sample size we have not won one game where he has not stretched the field and thrown. we haven't won a game where he hasn't top 300 yards everybody knows the numbers by now everybody's heard that out there in raider nation so it this this dink and dunk i talked about it the first couple series Hard doesn't even look to throw the ball past the sticks at all. It's just, and it's really just targeting Josh Jacobs and and Drake and stuff like that out of the background, out of the backfield. We hope Drake is okay with his season-ending ankle surgery coming up. We wish him the best, speedy recovery there. But I just did not understand the game plan. Yes, Carr can audible. We, I, I get that. You know, I, I understand that. But Carr. The offensive coordinator and the offensive staff come into the game with a certain game plan and it's hard to audible. You can't audible an entire game plan. They came into the game with the, with the mindset, with the game plan to be conservative, to be safe. And we have yet to win a game when our passing attack looks that way. Then you add in the mystery with why Jackson saw so many few reps out there, so few uh, meaningful time. We know what he offers to this offense. The lack of aggression, the lack of answers still to this two and three deep safety approach. I could go on and on, guys. For this, for those reasons and many more that for the sake of time I'll spare you on, Greg Olson needs to go ahead and walk that plank. Well, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, how are we going to fill this void, man? Because I tell you right now, Deshaun Jackson will not assign with us again next year with the way we fizzled so why would he he's looking to win a bowl he's looking to win a ship somewhere he's looking to be that piece that can help a team we're not it so you know it's it's a problem man. Olsen needs to uh, take the calm and roll yes slick get your bags packed buddy 
last few weeks, he's going to be out of here. You know, he's got about, you know, he'll be here to the end of the regular season. There's no way we're going to retain Greg Olson. So slick, pack your bags and uh, we'll see what happens. But who do you got captain this week? Man, I know I was getting butchered on Twitter too about just going so hard on Mad Max. You listen to your captain, mate. Last week, but you know what? He he snapped back, and I knew he would. I even called him in the show. I said he'll probably make me look stupid, and he'll come through. Mad Max played a hell of a game, man. He was bringing pressure. He was bringing heat. He was getting effective pressures. He was helping in the run game. He was doing everything he could. He had a sack late that should have ended things and, you know, tries to put a hand down to keep himself from landing on the quarterback. Literally did everything right, and they still flagged him for it. So I'm not going to take that away from Mad Max. He had a he had a nice sack there at the end, and it should have probably put the icing on the cake. So Mad Max, thank you for showing up. I know it's not going to show up on the stat sheet necessarily, but... Man, he was bringing heat. He came out there on fire. He was ready to play. Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Jonathan Abram because I tell you right now, that's the best game I've seen Jonathan Abram play in a silver and black uniform, which is his whole career. So another guy who made an outstanding play during the game, a few outstanding plays, but made one really, really big one that they called him for too. And threw a personal foul at him, too. I said, I'm not going to sit here and harp on, you know, the refs and say that's why we lost. The reason we lost is because we couldn't score. So I'm not going to do that. But two guys that played really well. Honorable mention, Jonathan Abram. But my captain of the week, man, is, is Mad Max. He, he came through and he showed up and did everything he could do to try to win this game. Salute you. For, salute you, my friends it up sorry i doubted you week to week that's not it i'm not trying to harp too hard i just expect a lot out of him because we need him he is one of the most pivotal guys on our team that shows up every week so it was big to have him show up and he made some big plays sorry they got negated over some nonsense well, and the, he, the real, I think the biggest play he made wasn't even that. He caused the interception at the end that should have yeah. been deflated into the game. And the offense negated that one, not the refs. The offense negated that by not. That's what I was saying. Effective pressure, man. That pressure he got to get that big man for where Hobbs and uh, Hayward were fighting over it, that was all Max. So. Yeah, he made the play that should have won the game, and the offense didn't hold him down on that. But I went with a. A sort of a, a new thing that I haven't done. I don't think I've done this before, but I have I have a co-captain, a captain 1A and 1B for the first time. I went with the youngsters, guys. I, I went Malcolm Kuntz and Divine Diablo. You listen to your captain, mate. As my co-captains this week. I just think that they, these guys have apparently kept their their head in the playbook and they've been paying attention on the practice field all season. They've been studying Gus Bradley's system and they were ready for their numbers to be called. And they were both called in the same game. It just so happened to be. And they both, I mean, they both played far. You want to talk about promising flashes out there. 
And if this defense is going to be in a situation running forward into the 2022 and, and beyond, where not only Hobbs, not only Merrig and some of these other guys, you have Max, you got Jan, you got Mullen, and now you're going to tell me that potentially you got Malcolm Kuntz and Divine Diablo. The Raiders had themselves potentially a spectacular defensive draft, finding some gems later on in the in the 2021 draft. So. For me, I went with the co-captain situation this week. Very impressive. Malcolm Kuntz, the sack, the pressures, the two stops, and Diablo, you know, 10, actually 11 total tackles, and he didn't even start the game, and he was making his presence felt all over the field. So very promising start for those guys. I wanted to reward them with the captain, a co-captain chair this week. So heck of a job guys keep it up i hope that's the beginning of some very uh, productive and fruitful seasons or fruitful careers rather in the silver and black well hey man and i love it and i know we've been hard on mr mayock man but he has found some gems man so i don't know i don't know where this leads us i don't know where we go from here you know i know there's people out there saying mayock needs to go too i'm not one of them yet he has brought some serious talent. I think too much, too much power was given to John Gruden. And I hope that Mark can learn a lesson from that. I just still think, man, some, I know our early picks haven't been great, man, but man, has he dug up some gems. You know, you're talking Malcolm Coons, you're talking Divine Diablo, you're talking Max Crosby, you know, there's, you're, Traven Merrick getting him in the second round, Nate Hobbs in the fifth. I don't know, man. That that right there makes me kind of want to give Mike another shot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this does. I don't know where this goes. It might be, you know, you have to totally destruct everything. I, you know, I don't know. But I like Listen your for another man. time. And those were picks that were Mike Mayock's picks, man. If you ask me, I think they were. And and I respect them. And boy, did those guys show up. So I can totally see where you're coming from, man. So. Yeah, I've got, I've got some other thoughts. I've been doing a lot of thinking about Mike Mayock, too. But I'll save my thoughts on that for another for a later yeah. show like said, when my time comes. It's one of those things where it's kind of tough because it's like you can – you can hate on him in certain regards, but in other regards, it's like, man, he has brought some guys in here that have shown some juice. So I don't, I don't know what, you know, culmination of leadership it needs to take. I don't know if he needs to go too, and we just need to revamp. I don't know, man. Uh, I just have seen him grab some serious talent late in rounds, and I do like that. Does. Does the early stuff scare me? Yes. Yes. It, that scares the so, living daylights out of me. Yeah. So that's where it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew. If I could be a fly on the wall in the draft room and know where some of these picks were coming from exactly, then, you know, wouldn't we all love to be that fly on, you know, on the wall in that room? But, but either way, man, nation, blessed have another week with you guys thank you all for listening thank you all for tuning in man and like hard always says man like hit us up man let us know what's up follow up hit people you know up let them know we're here man um 
ready and willing to listen to you guys all day long, man. I love the Ask Raspy segments. We're going to follow that up later on this week. But I just love just the banter. I love just chopping it up with you guys. And I love the fact that you guys support us, man. We're, we're growing. And it's because of you guys. So we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to flourish, man. And we want you guys to be right there with us each and every step of the way. So without you guys, there is no us. So thank y'all so much, man. I want to give nothing but love to you guys. It's tough, man. We're six and six. I don't even know where to go from here. I know sometimes it seems pessimistic, but we always want us to win. So whatever it takes, man, to try to navigate our way through the rest of the season, we'll see how it goes, man. We're going to be with you guys either which way. So nothing but love for you guys, and we appreciate y'all. I'm going to let Art take us off. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear anything about us being negative again, guys, with, with what's gone on <laughs> again this season. But, guys, keep it here with us. Um, we'll keep you uh, going through the rest of the season and through the off season and through any potential changes that come beyond. But we'll definitely get you guys ready for a very, very, very tough, tall task for the Las Vegas Raiders going to Arrowhead on Sunday. There's no time to lick our wounds. There's no time to cry in our Wheaties here. Uh, we face Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and company at Arrow, the dreaded Arrowhead Stadium with nothing short of the season, the entire playoff picture on the line. So from my partner in crime, Mr. Raspy Raider, this is Raider Hart leaving you guys for now. But again, join us again for the preview show. He said it, get your questions in. You still have time to get your questions in and we'll make sure to read the best ones on the air as we always do. And also we'll leave you with our scores and predictions for that game as well. But until then guys don't work too hard, enjoy yourselves out there. And uh, in the meantime, guys, make sure to, uh, to hold it down and just win baby. <laughs>